Season 2, Bonus Episode 2. Welcome to the Baseline Feed Podcast. This is our second bonus episode this season, and all of your support has been amazing, and we want to thank you for it. Are you a writer or a voice actor looking for a place to show off what you're capable of? We could work with you. We have opened submissions for Season 3 for your short story. Writers can submit their stories to submissions at BaselineFeed.com. Our submissions are open until April 30th. Voice actors can send their demo to casting at BaselineFeed.com. Also, you can check out our website at BaselineFeed.com for more information. In this story, you will meet Archie, an accountant who's caught up in quite the awkward situation. Let's find out his side of the story, brought to you by Darren Pitar, with the voices of J. Philip Morris, Evan Jaffe, and Tanner Wood. On behalf of the Baseline Feed team, we hope that you enjoy Not Your Average Drone. This wasn't your bog-standard parcel placement drone. Most of them look attractive, lit up like little bobbles as they crisscross the city. But not this one. It was too big to be a parcel placement drone, unless they were now making them big enough to deliver cars. I'd worked late, and without anything to entice me homeward, I had a quick meal in a nearby restaurant, then strolled through the quiet suburban streets and across the local park. I was almost home when I heard a buzz overhead and looked up. I studied its underside and wondered if I should shelter under a nearby tree in case it dropped something. Before I could act on this sensible thought, a beam streaked down and enveloped me. My knees folded with fear, and I blacked out. The next thing I knew, I was slumped against the soft pink walls of a circular space. Beside me leaned a small, feral-looking fellow, all beaky-nosed, skinny legs jutting out of baggy pants, and bare ankles disappearing into scruffy trainers. He appeared to be asleep, and looked as if he needed a good feed and a bath. While trying to come to terms with my new surroundings, another man arrived, headfirst through the blush-toned wall, clutching a trumpet. This guy had a red beard. His long hair hung in a ponytail, and the silver hoops in his pierced ears caught the light. A musician, if I've ever seen one. Bugger me! That was one strong suck of weed. Where the blazes am I? 
I just popped out for a smoke between sets. If I don't get back on time, all hell break loose. I could lose this gig. I've no idea where we are. Let me know if you work it out. My stomach threatened to return my recent meal, and I stood up, hoping gravity would help. About now, Ratty opened his eyes. Uh, why am I here? I ain't done nothing. I offered him my hand. Archie Sutter, accountant. And you are? None of your damn business. I pivoted toward the trumpeter, hand still extended. Archie. Red Tor, lead brass player of the Cool Cats. At your service. Like, what the hell's going on? No idea. I jumped in fright as several weird creatures slid through the wall, which closed behind them, leaving a womb-like cocoon intact. The creatures were long-limbed, upright on three legs, with bald, egg-shaped heads that glowed and pulsed. I would have screamed but was zapped by a cone of light, which instantly stunned me. Long, fingery extrusions prodded us and poked into our ears and mouths, I tried to bite one, but received a nasty electric shock, so I suffered in silence. Almost. Ferret Face objected strongly, and they rendered him unconscious with a short tap on his head. He resumed his place on the floor. Red and I smiled at them and each other, and if we hadn't been grown men, we probably would have held hands. It wasn't at all nice. I've no idea how long the examination went on for. Time expanded and then moved to fast forward as if we were watching a silent movie. Eventually, the creatures left. Again through the walls, which refused to let Red or me slide out. We gave up and sat back on the floor, exchanging personal details and phone numbers. No internet connection, but our phones were awake. The aliens, that's what Red and I decided they were, had looked briefly at our devices and put them back in our pockets. My small notebook and ballpoint pen had been removed from my shirt pocket, scribbled with, and taken away. If they thought they were going to get any state secrets from the two objects, they were in for a disappointment. Ferret Face woke again, gracefully. Damn bloody interfering insects! Where's my ghoul bag? Can a man take a walk at night without being abducted by aliens? He had a point, and Red and I agreed. Despite our overtures of friendship, he refused to tell us his name and sulked like a spoiled child, his lips pouting when he paused between obscenities. Sometime later, the aliens returned. And just when I thought I would scream this time, they pointed a stick thing at me, and I fell through space, into a heap on the same path that I had left an unknown length of time ago. I didn't muck about. I scrambled to my feet and ran home.
Even after a long hot shower and a stiff drink, it still took me ages to sleep. According to my watch, again of no interest to the things, no time seemed to have been lost while I was off-world. I rang Red the next day, and while he mumbled his agreement to my recall of our adventure, he didn't want to meet, and no, he hadn't been missed by the band. Neither did he want to discuss it further with me, or anyone. And there the matter rested, until about a week ago. The pounding on the door dragged me out of sleep and back into reality. Mind you, reality was a thing to be grateful for after my dreadful experience, which I hadn't shared with anyone. Who would believe me? A quick peer through the peephole revealed two surly-looking gentlemen, in uniform, and when I opened the front door I examined the proffered identification through a bleary haze. Come in. I'll go put on something more... decent. My Snoop Dogg silk boxes seemed a bit casual to be interviewed by members of the police force, especially by the National Security Branch. Coffee, anyone? Both shook their heads, and the tallest indicated I sit down. I wanted to refuse and get myself a coffee. I hadn't committed any crime, not even a parking infringement, but you know how you get that guilty feeling in front of the law. Perhaps I had transgressed unknowingly. Mr. Sutter, we have reason to believe you have become a security risk and would like to confirm where you were on Wednesday evening, 12th of May. That was easy. I retrieved my diary and placed it on the coffee table, open on the date, facing the officer speaking. They hadn't introduced themselves, and I'd forgotten what names had been written on their IDs. Wednesdays are my bridge club nights, and there was a tournament that night? I guess I got home about half eleven. Can I ask why you want to know? Later, after our questions have been answered. Officer One passed the diary across to him, and he nodded. His turn to query it, it seemed. I presume you have a witness. <sighs> About fifty of them. I can give you some names if you like. As you probably know, I work as a forensic accountant at the National Tax Department. Therefore, I cannot discuss my work with you unless you have a court warrant that orders me to contravene the Privacy Act and divulge client information. I can do formal as good as any security officer. We're not here to ask you about your work. Where were you the night of Saturday, 27th of May? The first officer flicked through my diary, licking his fingertips as he went. I'm pretty sure I was in Wellington that weekend. Yes, I, I remember the date. There was a tax evasion seminar in the capital. I flew down on Friday night and came home on Sunday afternoon. Why? What we are really interested in is how fingerprints of your right hand came to be at the site of two burglaries in Romeria on those respective evenings. The second officer, with a flourish, withdrew a small case from his pocket. We need to renew your fingerprints and put them on file, as it appears to be some confusion at this point. Somebody must have mixed up the files. The pair of men remained solemn as we went through the inking and rolling of all my fingertips 
both hands onto the appropriate form. Thank you, Mr. Sutter. We'll be in touch. Unfortunately, they returned a few days later, this time at my office. The same men, same serious demeanor. Mr. Sutter, it appears that the fingerprints of your right hand have changed since your last security check. Over the last 15 years of records, they have remained the same. Now, they are different. Also, it appears from our files that the fingerprints on your right hand are now identical to the right hand prints of one Samuel Fleet, a small-time criminal and fence known to the local police as a bit of a cat burglar. Any idea how your fingerprints came to be swapped? His sarcasm rather annoyed me. This mix-up could end my career. I spread my hands, palms up, offering them a closer look. Any sign of surgery? They shook their heads. I had no option but to tell them about my late-night alien experience. Their pursed lips, which moved into matching sneers as I talked, nearly had me doubting my sanity. But I carried on, not omitting a single detail. So, Ferret Face must be Samuel Flett? Seems unlikely. Alien abduction is an old excuse. Oh, yeah. Well, for your information, I now hear sounds differently, and I've never studied music, but I just know things. And did you know that taxi horns are in B-flat minor, whereas police and ambulance sirens are in F-sharp? I didn't tell them that a cow's moo is blue. I was still getting my head around the fact that I had developed synesthesia thanks to my nocturnal adventure. However, I decided to let go of a couple of my secrets. When I looked in the mirror in the morning after my abduction, I had one pierced ear with a silver loop in it. I took it out, and the hole has healed over. But I still have the earring. You can test it for Red's DNA. He had earrings, and he might have my other ear. Plus, I've never had earlobes. It's a family joke, and now I have one ear without a lobe, and one with one. See? I tugged on the offending ear, getting wound up with this theme. They each leaned closer and stared. Look, I've never stolen anything or broken into anyone's house, let alone received stolen goods, but I can now look at an antique shop window and know the value of the antique jewelry and gold chains. Something I never knew before my alien adventure. My mind does an instant tally of the value of the items, but then I'm an accountant by my trade. They didn't seem convinced. I had to try again. I don't know what else I've lost, other than the fingerprints on my right hand, but my fingers seemed difficult to control for a few days after my space travel. Hmm. Perhaps. Could be. And drain pipes are awfully appealing to me now. I find I'm studying houses and commercial buildings looking for ways to get in, other than through front doors, obviously. 
Surely you can see how now bits of the three of us got mixed up on the way back down from wherever we were. Stranger things have happened. It's true. I was abducted by aliens, and that's what happened to me. I swear it happened exactly as I've told you. The silence stretched, tempting me to add more detail, but I kept my lips clamped. We'll make our report, see what the officials think. Meanwhile, I suggest you don't leave the country and keep out of trouble. They rose and walked through the door, except the second officer leaned back around. And don't go climbing any drain pipes. That would have been funny if I wasn't stifling a desire to do just that on a daily basis. I touched the chocolate bar in my pocket. I lifted it from the first officer's pocket. I'd eat it for morning tea and get rid of the evidence. So, poked and prodded and questioned by weird people? What a great day. Once again, thank you to Darren Pitar for this great story. Darren will return with one more story later on this season. Let's also highlight our voice talent. Evan Jaffe as Red Tor, J. Philip Morris as Samuel Flett, and Tanner Wood as Archie Sutter. Sound design by Tanner Wood, music arrangements and art design by C.M. Peters. We also have a Patreon. We would like to express our eternal love and gratitude to our patrons. You guys help make it possible to bring you quality content and our authors and voice talent more exposure. If you would also like our eternal love and gratitude, along with other goodies, check us out on Patreon. You can find the link to it on our website at BaselineFeed.com. And here's another reminder. You can join us on Discord for more behind-the-scenes stuff. We really do have some of the best folks involved with our Discord community. They're willing to help you with your writing adventures, your voiceover work, and even host game and movie nights. What a place to hang out with like-minded, encouraging folks. A link to our Discord community is included in the show notes. Thank you for joining us, and make sure to tune in every other Saturday on your favorite podcast app to listen to a new episode of Baseline Feed.